0: To the daily hammer your daily news source when it comes to the atlanta braves as part of the battery power Podcast Network. My name is Sean Coleman. Hope wherever you are and wherever you are listening, you are having a wonderful start to your Friday and your weekend as well. Of course, you can find the Daily Hammer, the Battery Power Podcast, the Road to Atlanta Podcast, and the new podcast with Stephen Tolbert and Chris Willis, all at BatteryPower.com, as well as at SBN across all forms of social media. You can also find us free on all podcast platforms. Wherever you choose to listen, that's where we'll be for free. Just hit that subscribe button, and you'll get the latest content when it comes to the Battery Power Podcast Network. My name's Sean Coleman. You can find me at StatsSAC on Twitter. When it comes to the Braves, here's the latest from Atlanta. So the Braves go into another weekend series, and we'll have more on what is a pretty significant series between the Braves and the Cardinals, arguably the two hottest teams in Major League Baseball right now. We'll have more on that later on in the show. But the Braves had a much-needed, much-deserved off day. On Thursday, they entered the off day having won 14 out of their last 16, a dominant performance in a series sweep against the Pirates, and finding themselves in a pretty favorable position. Let's reset the scene for the Braves in terms of where they are in the standings, what it means for their current, you know, playoff positioning, as well as a few storylines that you know really are going to make the last six weeks or so of the season fun. Currently, the Braves are 78 and 48. They have hit. 30 games above 500 this season and what's been just an amazing stretch of baseball over the past three months. However, as we all know, the biggest storyline for the Braves is that they continue to chase the New York Mets in the NL East Division. The Mets were able to get the job done against the Rockies last night. So the Braves now are two games back of the Mets in the NLE standings. Right now, Fangrass still gives the Mets a 77.4% chance of winning the division, while the Braves have a 22.6% chance. And right now, as well, the Mets currently have the second-best odds behind the uh, Los Angeles Dodgers of winning this year's World Series. The Braves currently have the fourth-best odds. And again, there is plenty of significance with winning the division beyond just the accolades or the accomplishment itself. Whoever wins this division in the National League will likely get a bye in the playoffs because the difference between the Mets and the Braves right now are that, yes, the Braves are going to make the playoffs, borrowing just an historic, epic collapse. The Braves are going to make the playoffs. But right now it's as the first wildcard team or the fourth seed in the National League, which means that the Braves would host the first round, which would be a two of three, two out of three best series. The Braves would host the first round of the playoffs, all three games of that first round. Meanwhile, the Mets, who are leading the NL East, they would get a bye. So there's plenty of significance besides the Braves winning a fifth straight in at least division title for them to win the division. Of course, the other thing to consider is that while the Braves are certainly taking care of business, they are doing as much as they can to make the most of controlling what they can control. One thing that plays to the Mets' advantage is that they arguably have the easiest schedule in baseball remaining this season. Their their early September stretch comes against a lot of teams, it's going to be very similar to the stretch that the Braves had you know, in early June when the Braves had their 14-game winning streak. So considering the competition that the Mets are going to be facing, they're likely going to continue to win at a very good clip. So the Braves are going to have to keep pace despite the fact that the Braves are going to be playing a significantly harder schedule. So currently the Braves are two games back in the NL East. But as I mentioned, now eight and a half games, actually eight games up, in terms of their hold on the first wild card spot in the National League, and that if the Braves were not to catch the Mets, it does seem likely that they would hold on to that first wild card spot, and that means that they would host all three games of the first round of the playoffs in that two out of three scenario. But another fun storyline to watch for over the next six weeks of baseball is that the Braves are now 78 and 48 they potentially, for the first time in many years, they potentially could win 100 games. As a matter of fact, right now, Fangraphs has them on pace to win 99 games this season, which would put them 37 games above 500. But the Braves simply need to play at a pace that would allow allow for them to go 22 and 14 or better over their last 36 games. And the Braves can win 100 games this season that obviously, you know, may not have that much relevance itself in terms of, you know, significance like winning the division, you know, would have more significance than just the the accomplishment itself. But winning 100 games would be pretty cool, especially when you consider how much the Braves struggled for, their, for about the first fourth of this major league season. Of course, another fun storyline to watch on the field is what now is coming down to the wire as being a two-man race for the NL National League Rookie of the Year. And the two players that are facing off against each other are teammates. Pitcher Spencer Strider for the Braves and outfielder Michael Harris II for the Braves. Both players actually have the same value so far this season. They both have been valued at 3.3 f war. And Michael Harris is now just 0.3f4 behind being the most valuable rookie position player in the majors this year. That's how good he's been in the short time that he's been in the majors. But it'll be a head-to-head competition for the rest of the year. In my opinion, right now, I probably would get a bit of an upper hand to Spencer Strider because of the fact that compared to his peers he's probably stood out a bit more as being, you know, elite when it comes to major league pitching so far this year and i also think to play into the factor is that there's some historical some historical opportunities for him in terms of the the strikeout ability that he is showing when compared to the innings that he's pitched as a rookie i think from a historical perspective as well as being, you know, elite compared to his peers, whereas Michael Harris has been very good. Spencer Strider has legitimately been one of the best starters in the National League, at the very least, you could categorize that. He's been one of the best starters in the National League over the past few months. So I think Spencer Strider may have a bit of an upper hand when it comes to the National League Rookie of the Year running. It'll be fun to see how exactly both players step up in big series, such as we're going to see this weekend, which one can step up with Strider on the mound tonight. And Michael Harris, obviously, you know, having his knack for getting big hits. It'll be fun to see which rookie emerges as the clear choice for the Rookie of the Year Award. And then finally, some news that you know was revealed on Thursday. Nothing really new, but it was more confirmation as Ken Rosenthal revealed that the Braves and Dansby Swanson have continued to have extension talks since the All-Star break. We know that John Heyman of the New York Post had released the fact that the Braves and, and, and Swanson were talking extension a few weeks back. Swanson came out with some comments yesterday stating that Atlanta was his home and he would love to be here. Very similar to the comments that we've seen Freddie Freeman say in the past. And to me, that's what stands out about this. You know, we've seen this before from Freddie Freeman. We know that um, Dansby Swanson has the same representation as Freeman, though what happened during the Freeman situation, I don't necessarily think is going to carry that much significance in the Dansby Swanson negotiation talks. What's likely more significant In terms of being a reason why there's not been a deal struck yet with as much emphasis or as much as Dansby would like to stay in Atlanta Brave, one of the big reasons why something has not happened as of yet is because it still seems a bit odd as to why Dansby Swanson would want to sign an extension when he'd be coming off a career year and entering free agency. If Swanson wants to take a discount and be in Atlanta, by all means, I think that the Braves, the fan base, it would make perfect sense, especially with how he's performed this season. But the thing that I'm getting at is is that with free agency being right around the corner and with him having the season that he's had, it's also understandable why he would want to certainly see what's out there in the open market. So plenty of fun storylines remain for the Braves in terms of their chase for a division title, in terms of the NL Rookie of the Year race, what could happen, could Dansby Swanson and the Braves, or could the Braves once again keep a core piece in place for years to come. All those things will be fun storylines to watch for the rest of the season. But it's going to be fun this weekend as well as the Braves finish up their road trip in St. Louis. In a, in a matchup that pits two of the NL's hottest and best teams against each other. If we were to go back in time a month, we would be back at the end of July, and we would be we would be back at a time where Braves fans were witnessing one of the Best offensive months a player has had in franchise history, and how special of a month Austin Riley was having. Well, not just in terms of the July that he was having, but back a month ago, Austin Riley really was emerging as a true potential, as true potential competition, as the as a, the one main competition for the NL MVP to match up against Paul Goldschmidt for the rest of the season with how well the Braves were playing, with how awesome um, Austin Riley's production had been. Well, fast forward a month later, and Austin Riley legitimately may still finish in the top five of the National League MVP voting, but I think there's little doubt left as to who the National League MVP will likely be, and that is Paul Goldschmidt. Goldschmidt right now is actually tried to position himself to have a legitimate shot at the National League Triple Crown as he leads the National League in average and RBIs currently only two home runs behind Kyle Schwarber. So when it comes to the NL MVP race, perhaps it's not as close as many of us would like. Now, this is a perfect opportunity for Austin Riley to put together an amazing series, helping the Braves win the series, and overcoming, you know, another MVP candidate in Nolan Arenado, you legitimately could have four of the top seven or eight MVP candidates in the National League in this series between Dansby Swanson, Austin Riley for the Braves, and Nolan Arenado and Paul Goldschmidt for the Cardinals. Well, while the Braves, Austin Riley may not necessarily be in the running as much as he was back in July for the NL MVP race, What what is clear is that the, the Braves will have the opportunity to once again show how prepared they are for this year's playoff as they go against stout competition this week when it comes to the Cardinals. Despite the play of Paul Goldschmidt, another thing that stands out about the Cardinals is that while they didn't make the move many may have hoped with how closely they were linked and how long they were you know, looked at as potentially being a reasonable suitor for Juan Soto, Two moves the Cardinals did make is going out and getting Jose Quintana as well as Jordan Montgomery to bolster their pitching staff. And both pitchers have done quite well since the trade deadline, especially Jordan Montgomery. And that's actually who the Braves will be facing in the first two games of this series. On Friday tonight, it'll be Jose Quintana against Spencer Strider. On Saturday night, it will actually be Charlie Morton versus Jordan Montgomery, and then on third or on on Sunday night, it'll be Jake Odorizzi versus Adam Wainwright. So one of the big storylines for this weekend, despite seeing you know several of the National League's best individual offensive performers on the same field this weekend, is what will give? Will the will the uh, good pitching of the Cardinals two southpaws that they got at the trade deadline? Will that continue to be effective against an offense as good as the Braves, or will the Braves continue to find success as being one of the best offense in the majors against left-handed pitching? To me, that's going to define the series. If the Braves are going are going are able to find success, especially early in the over the next two games against Cantana and Montgomery, they should put themselves in a position to win, to at least win one, if not both of these games. But if the Cardinals' um, le- left-handed duo were to be successful, if they were to limit the production of the Braves, well, then the Cardinals' offense may find some pretty good success against the Braves' pitching staff. That to me really stands out as the biggest narrative of this series. What gives? The excellent pitching continuing for Quintana and Montgomery or the Braves being able to once again break through and show how good they can be against left-handed pitching. That'll be, to me, a narrative to watch this series. Another big thing to watch will be the fact that with the Braves, you know, they'll have two games this weekend on national TV, on Fox on Saturday night, and then on Sunday night on ESPN. Jake Odorizzi will be coming off his best start Of the season so far for the Braves, he'll likely be in a position to hopefully clinch a series win for the Braves on Sunday night. Can he get the job done once again against what is a very potent Cardinals lineup at this point in time? Right now, the Cardinals are five and a half games up in the NL Central. They have, they also have the fourth best record in the National League. So you're looking at the third and fourth best teams record-wise in the National League could this be a potential playoff matchup we'll see it's likely that the Braves and Cardinals wouldn't face each other uh, and to, if the Braves were to win the division they wouldn't they would face each other in the divisional ma- playoffs if the Braves were to finish in the wild card spot these teams likely would have to win uh, their their wild card ma- or their first round matchups and their second round matchups to face off against each other once again in a playoff series but it's always fun Because the Braves and Cardinals are typically, you know, over the past quarter, century plus, they're typically in the running when it comes to the playoffs. It's always fun to see these teams play each other, especially in the home stretch of the season. If you go back to last August, it was the Braves sweeping the Cardinals in St. Louis that was one of the big reference points, one of the big shining moments of the Braves really starting to catch fire into what eventually would lead to the 2021 World Championship. The Braves hopefully will be able to continue. Something has to give in a series where two of the hottest teams in baseball and two of the best teams in baseball right now are playing against each other, but at the end of the day it's going to be a lot of fun and hopefully the Braves offense will continue to produce the same way that they ended the Pittsburgh series producing earlier this week. Can't thank you enough for joining the Daily Hammer. Hope you enjoy a great weekend of baseball. And it's hard not to enjoy the fact that Spencer Strider will be on the mound to hopefully start off the Brave series against the Cardinals with a win. You can find The Daily Hammer, the Battery Power podcast, and the Road to Atlanta podcast all at BatteryPower.com as well as at sbn across all forms of social media. You can also find our content free on all podcast platforms. Wherever you choose to listen, that's where we'll be for free. Just hit that subscribe button. My name's Sean Coleman. It's always a pleasure to be with you. You can find me at StatsSAC on Twitter. Thanks so much for joining us. We'll talk to you again soon here on The Daily Hammer.